Welcome to the podcast of Medora Pentecostal Church. We are a growing community of believers committed to bringing hope and building lives. We pray today's message is a blessing to you. Come on, why don't you give the Lord some praise in this house tonight? Come on, if you know he's worthy. Come on, if he's ever answered a prayer, why don't you praise him tonight? If he's ever healed your body, why don't you praise him tonight? Come on, just a few more moments. Why don't we just, why don't we just stay right here where we are in the presence of the Lord? Anybody come to give the Lord praise tonight? You know, it's one of those services where the Holy Ghost can almost just interrupt at any moment. It's one of those kind of atmospheres in this house tonight. You know, the Bible says that the joy of the Lord is my strength. But then it goes on and tells us that in his presence there's fullness of joy. So the strength that I need comes from the joy that I get in his presence. Simply put, everything starts by getting into the presence of God. And I believe we're in his presence right now in this house. Because there's been some praise going forth in this building the last few moments. And what we're feeling right now is a byproduct of the praise that we've given him. It's been an honor to be with you these past few days. Always a joy of ours to be able to come and minister the word of the Lord. And I give uh, Brother and Sister Gill honor tonight again. And also Bishop Walls give him honor tonight. Amen. Thank you for allowing us to come and have a very small part, a very small part in what God is doing in this church. And uh, thank you for all the meals that have been prepared, uh, the room and the gift basket. Um, we just thank you very much. We're not worthy of any of those things, but we thank you for your kindness and your hospitality. Amen. I hope you've come to give the Lord praise in this house. If you've come to praise the Lord, you're going to make my job a whole lot easier. Amen. Matthew chapter 21. Matthew chapter 21. Verse number 15, verse number 16. You know, I've got good news and I've got bad news. The good news is I've got about a five to seven minute sermon. But the bad news is I need about 20 minutes to get to it. Maybe 25. So you can take that however you want to. It may be good news. It may be bad news. But I believe the Lord wants to help somebody in this house tonight. Matthew chapter 21, verse 15, verse 16. And when the chief priests, the scribes saw the wonderful things that he, speaking of Jesus, did... And the children crying in the temple and saying, Hosanna 
to the son of David, they were sore displeased. Man, things haven't changed much, have they? There's always going to be people that don't understand the praise that we give the Lord every time we come into his house. They were sore displeased and said unto him, Hearest thou what these say? Look how they're acting. Listen to how loud they are. They shouldn't act like that in church. Hearest thou what these say? And Jesus saith unto them, Yea, or yes, have you never read? Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, thou hast perfected praise. Children go running into the temple and they're praising and they're shouting and they're dancing. The scribes and Pharisees have a problem with the level of praise they're giving the Lord. The Bible says he looks back at them and says, have you never read? Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, thou hast perfected praise. For a few moments tonight, I want to minister to you on a very very simple subject this evening I want to preach to you tonight about perfect praise perfect praise amen before you're seated why don't you give him some praise in this house right now if you know he's worthy come on for a few more moments why don't you just Push past your tiredness. Come on, if you know he's worthy. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for standing tonight, and you may be seated. Praise is one of the more common themes found written throughout the pages of the Bible. It is talked about some 250 times in Scripture. When we begin to talk about praise, our natural inclination points to the man David and the book of Psalms. In fact, out of those 250 times praise is recorded, 130 of those times are in fact found within the 150 chapters in the book of Psalms. The word psalm itself means a song of praise unto the Lord. It's interesting to note that the longest book of the Bible with the most chapters in the book is the very one that says the most about praise and even means praise itself. I think it's safe to say that our lives ought to be filled with continual praise. When studying this powerful element called praise, we would be quick to realize that the Bible emphatically contains seven different ways that we all can offer praise to God. The first type of praise comes in the form of Barak, and it simply means that when we praise in this fashion, it implies that we are coming to him with an expectation that he's about to send a blessing. The second term of praise comes in the form of Yadah, and this implies that we lift our hands and we praise him for what 
he's already done for us and who he is to us. The third type of praise comes in the form of tada, and this is a more specific type of praise than yada is. While yada praise is something we do because of what he's already done, tada is a deeper level of praise because we begin to praise him for things that he has yet to do. It is a prophetic form of praise that says, Lord, you haven't answered my prayers yet. You haven't healed my body yet. You haven't made a way yet, but I'm going to give you a tada praise. I'm going to praise you like you've already done it. It's easy to give a yada praise after the miracles come, but can you step into a prophetic praise that says, Lord, you haven't done it yet. You haven't answered it yet. You haven't made a way yet, but I'm going to praise you like it's already done. That's the kind of praise that we give in the form of tada. The fourth top comes in the form of Shabbat, and it simply means that when we come to the house of the Lord and we begin to sing, there's something inside of us that cannot remain silent. It's something that says you can sit there unmoved, you can sit there with your arms folded, but there's a Shabbat praise inside of me that's got to come out. It's that kind of praise we give when we give that shout unto the Lord. The fifth type of praise comes in the form of halal, and this is the root word for praise. It simply means hallelujah at its deepest origin, and this is what we do when we come into the presence of God. When we lift our hands and we say the word hallelujah, we are doing more than just saying a simple word, but we are looking at God and telling him that your presence is welcome in this house, and I wonder if there's anybody in the house tonight who could give God that kind of praise. Is there anybody in the house that wants God to know your presence and your power is welcome in this house? The sixth type of praise comes in the form of Zamora, and it simply means to tuck or plug the strings. Instruments, musicians, that tells me when you play your instrument, you're doing more than just making noise, but that is a type of praise that you can give the Lord. And when that music is mixed with singing, it's Zamora that begins to go to the heavens. And the seventh type of praise comes in what they call Talah, and this is the kind of praise that God dwells in. It's that spontaneous praise we give him regardless of what's right or what's wrong at that present moment. Understand it's mentioned 250 times in the word of God. There's seven different ways we can praise the Lord. There's an entire book that contains 150 psalms. What are you saying preacher? I'm saying everybody in this room, we ought to be a praiser. That's why David said every day I will bless thee and praise thy name. And every time we come to church, we are to come with that mindset that says I'm not letting one service pass without giving God the praise that he deserves. He's been too good to me. I cannot sit silent. He's answered too many prayers. He's healed my body. He saved me from my destruction. There's a praise inside of me that when I get in his presence and I come to his house, I've got to lift my hands and I've got to raise my voice because he's worthy of the praise that I can give. 
If God has never done anything for you tonight, you are qualified to sit there and take the service off. But if God has ever made a way, and if God has ever answered a prayer, and if God has ever turned something, if God's ever opened the door, then you've got a reason to praise. You've got a reason to clap your hands and lift your voice and lift your hands. You've got a reason to praise him if he's ever done anything for you. That's why the Bible says praise him according to his excellent greatness. Your level of praise should match how great God's been to you. When we come to church, we ought to come with the mindset, I'm going to praise the Lord. That's why we read, praise ye the Lord. Praise him in his sanctuary and in the firmament of his power. Praise him for his mighty acts and according to his excellent greatness. Praise him on the trumpet and the psaltery and harp. Praise him with the timbrel and the dance and the stringed instruments and organs. Praise him on the loud cymbals and the high sounding symbols. Here it is. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. The only qualification you have in order to be a praiser is if you've got breath in your body, you ought to praise God. That's the only qualification you need. If you're alive, you ought to praise. If you're breathing, you ought to praise. That's why the Bible says the grave, it cannot praise you, but the living, they're the ones. If you've got breath in your body you ought to give God praise why should we praise it's because there's power when you begin to praise him there's victory that is obtained when we begin to praise the Lord there's deliverance and freedom and encouragement and there's divine rest when we give God praise because he inhabits he dwells he lives where there's praise if we want God to show up if we want his power and authority we've got to give God something to live in because it's our praise that gets his attention. Had a young man tell me some time ago, he said, man, church was dead tonight. I said, man, why don't you be honest? And I was just like, well, did you do anything to help that out? Because I've come to learn if we have dead church, it's not God's fault. If we have dead church, it's because nobody gave God praise that got his attention. We serve a living God who's got all power in heaven and in earth. And when we give God praise, that power comes down and that authority comes down. It's your praise that brings his power to your pew. It's your praise that gets God's attention. It's your praise that gets God to work. That's why the Bible says, I will bless the Lord at all times. Whether I've had a good day or a bad day, I'm going to come to church. I'm going to be in his presence, and I'm going to give him the praise that I know he's worthy of. 
I will not turn what God meant to be continual in the circumstantial because my praise isn't dictated by how bad my day was. My praise shouldn't be restricted because of how low I'm in the valley. Every day I come to church whether I've lost my job or got a raise, whether I've got sickness in my body or God healed my body, my praise is going to remain. I'm not going to turn continual praise into circumstantial praise because God is worthy. God is worthy every time I come into his house and I stand in his presence. Every now and again, we could take a lesson from Job because Job lost everything but Job did not lose his praise because he said naked came out of my mother's womb and naked shall I return the Lord gives and the Lord takes away but blessed be the name of the Lord Job was simply saying if God's giving or God's taking my response is still the same I'm going to give him praise We understand that if God desires one thing, he desires praise. The 148th Psalm tells us everything that God created was created with a purpose. It was created to give him praise. It tells us that the angels and all of his hosts were created to praise. The sun and the moon, the stars of light, the heavens of heavens and waters above the heavens, the dragons and the deep, the fire, the hail, the snow and the vapor, the mountains and the hills, the trees and the cedars, the beast and all that fly and all that creep. Everything God created was created with a purpose. It was created to praise. In fact, Jesus tells us that there will be rocks that will cry out if nobody else is going to praise. The truth is, there's always going to be praise that's going forth throughout the scripture. We are commanded, encouraged, and admonished to give God praise because it's praise that draws him to us. It's our praise that brings the power. It's our praise that brings his glory. If you want God to show up if you want God to work just give him praise because God dwells and God lives in praise all throughout the word of God we are told to clap our hands we are told to shout with a voice of triumph we are told to lift our hands in the sanctuary to sing and to shout and to dance and while we have all of these examples telling us how to praise We can ask the question, is there a praise that God prefers over the others? Have you ever wondered if there is a certain type of praise that God is looking for more than any other type of praise? Just what kind of praise will get God's attention more than any other kind of praise? It's mentioned 250 times. There's seven different ways of praise we can offer. There's an entire book dedicated to praise. Surely there's one type of praise that God is really looking for looking for does God want somebody to clap their hands we're told to 
Does God want somebody to lift their hands? We're told to. Does God want somebody to shout with a voice of triumph? We're told to. But is there such a thing as the perfect praise I can give him? Is there such a thing as a form of praise that I can give him in this house that'll get his attention more than anything else? Well, it's in my opinion that there is a type of perfect praise that we can give him in this house the Bible tells us that Jesus has come into the temple and the Bible says after he's healed the blind and the lame the children begin running into the temple and they're praising and they're shouting and they're saying Hosanna to the son of David and when the priests and the scribes hear how they're giving him praise they begin to complain about the praise they're giving to the Lord and they ask the question do you hear what these are saying and Jesus replies by saying have you never read that I of the mouth of babes and sucklings thou hast perfected praise now I'm on, I'm on my sermon so just hang on to me some time ago I was preaching a series of services somewhere between the west coast and the east coast and um, it was a Wednesday through Sunday night and a lot of evangelists don't like to admit this, but man, it was just one of those revivals. It's like we couldn't get anything going. It's like we were just stuck in a rut. It was probably having to do more of the preacher than anything. But it didn't matter. We couldn't get that momentum that we were looking for. And we would sing old southern gospel songs. We would, they would sing contemporary songs. They, they would sing everything that we knew to sing. But nobody was moving and nobody was responding. And, and we, we, we went through this four or five services. But every service, when the singers begin to sing and the musicians begin to play, while everybody else was checking their phone and writing in their checkbook and looking at Facebook, every time when everybody else was so disconnected, when the singers begin to sing, and the musicians begin to play. There was a 10 or 11 year old boy who would come out of the pews and he would dance all the way to the front. And when he would get to the altar, he would dance by himself. He would run, he would roll, he would leap, he would shout, he would do all of these things. Service after service after service. He was the only one giving God any kind of praise. And in the middle of this going on, it was the fourth or fifth night that this was going on. This boy's dancing from one side to the next. He's running, he's shouting, he's leaping, he's clapping his hands. He's the only one in the church moving. And as I'm watching this boy, I kind of felt the Holy Ghost nudge me and say, son, this is what I consider perfect praise. And I'll be honest, uh, that when I felt the Lord nudge me, uh, I didn't have a clue what he was talking about. Uh, and so I pulled my Bible out uh, and I went to Matthew 26 uh, when the scribes and Pharisees uh, are complaining about the children uh, and their praise to God. Uh, and Jesus looks at them uh, and says, out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, uh, thou hast uh, perfected praise. Uh, and I've come to realize uh, that there's a level of praise uh, that God loves more than anything else. Uh, you see, when children praise, uh, 
they don't care who's watching when children praise they don't care who's sitting when children praise they don't care what everybody else is doing and Jesus said the kind of praise that children give me that is what I consider perfect praise what are you saying tonight preacher I'm saying God is looking for somebody to get the mindset that says I'm going to praise regardless of who does or who doesn't I'm going to give God praise regardless of what you do and how you respond that is what God calls perfect praise I believe every time we come to the house of God and I believe that every time God stands in this house he's not looking for professional robotical mechanical praise he wants somebody to give him praise like a child would he wants unbridled praise he wants untamed praise he wants unrestricted and unrestrained praise that's the kind of praise I believe that the Lord responds to it's when somebody comes into his house and says, I may be the only one with my hands in the air, but I'm about to lift my hands. I may be the only one that leaps for joy, but I'm about to give him my shout. I may be the only one that runs the aisles, but I'm going to do it. That's the kind of praise that God desires. He wants that childlike praise. It's praise without pride. It's praise without concern. It's praise without the concern of others. That is is what God calls perfect. It's when we come to church and we say I'm not going to allow your lack of praise to hold my praise hostage I'm not going to allow your lack of praise to dictate the praise that I give I don't believe it's necessarily the action that God loves but it's the attitude behind the action he doesn't care if you clap he doesn't care if you wave your hands he doesn't care if you tap your foot as long as you give it to God that's what God loves that's what God is drawn to he's drawn to praise that's given to him him, regardless of what others may be doing. How often do we allow others to hold our praise hostage? You see, I believe there was a reason why Jesus called the praise of children perfect and not the praise of adults. Because we adults are more image conscious than children are. We care about what others think about us. Whether we admit it or not, we are more image conscious than kids are because when kids come to church they don't care what you do or what you don't do they're going to clout, they're going to shout, they're going to run but when it comes to us adults we can allow people's opinion to hold our praise hostage we can allow what others may think or say about us to shut our praise down. How often do we clout because everybody else does or we shout because everybody else does. How many times in service do we feel inspired to run but we don't or we feel inspired to dance but we don't or we feel inspired to give God praise but we don't because we allow what everybody else is doing to hold our praise down and compress our praise but I've come to tell somebody there's a level of praise that God's looking for in this house he's looking for somebody to make up their mind I don't care what you do or what you don't do I've come to give God praise and if I want to jump if I want to shout if 
If I want to leap, that's what I'm going to do because that is what God calls perfect. Fear. What others may think. What others may say. Intimidation shuts our praise down. Goliath stood in the valley of Elah and he commanded Israel to send them a man that we may fight. And the Bible says while this is going on, Israel and even Saul hid themselves in the tents. Now we've preached that for years, but have you ever wondered where the valley of Elah was located? Because when you begin to read that story, Understand, wrap your mind around what's going on. There's a giant standing in the midst of the valley of Elah. And for all of these days, he barks out intimidation. And he barks out in fear. Send me a man that we may fight. And there's nothing from Israel. They're hiding in the tents afraid. But the valley of Elah belonged to the tribe of Judah. And for all of those days, while there was a giant standing in the midst of praise, there was no noise going on. There was no praise going forth. Praise had hid themselves in the tent because of fear and because of intimidation. And how many times do we come to church and we want to involve ourselves and we want to jump and we want to shout, but there's a giant of fear and a giant of intimidation staring us in the face. I've come to tell somebody in this house that that giant has got to be killed once and forever because Judah can't stay in the tent. Judah can't be suppressed. Judah can't be shut down because if we're going to have victory, Judah's got to come out of the tent. If Goliath is going to be destroyed, somebody has got to get praise loose and fear's got to go and intimidation's got to die because that's the kind of praise that God desires. The kind of praise that God looks for is the kind of praise that comes from individuals that says, I'm going to give you praise regardless of what everybody else does. You see, every now and again, there's got to be a deliverance that hits every one of us. And I'm not talking about a deliverance from the devil. And I'm not even talking about a deliverance from sin. But every now and again, every one of us has got to be delivered from those that sit next to us. We preach about deliverance from the devil and we preach about deliverance from sin but when's the last time we got delivered from our neighbors that we sit next to? I read something the other day that to my knowledge I've never seen it before in the word of God. Acts chapter 12, we know the story well. Peter's in prison because Herod has vexed certain of the church and he's going to kill him the next day. He's already killed James, the brother of John, because it pleased the Jews. And he's waiting till after Easter to kill Peter. We know the story. The angel goes and gets Peter out of the prison. But watch what happens in Acts 12 and 11. Peter says, I know of a surety that the Lord hath sent his angel and delivered me out of the hand of Herod and from the expectation of the people we always stop 
at being delivered from the hand of Herod. We always stop at being delivered from our adversary. But Peter said, there was a greater deliverance that God gave me. He didn't just deliver me from the hand of Herod. He delivered me from the expectation of the people. And when's the last time we got delivered from those who sat next to us and in front of us? They don't expect you to run. They don't expect you to shout. They don't expect you to lift your hands. But that's the deliverance we've got to get every now and again. We get deliverance from the devil and we get deliverance from sin. But we're never delivered of people's opinion. And that's the kind of deliverance that we've got to have so praise can live and praise can go forth. It's when I'm delivered of what you may think or what you may say. It's when we get to a place where we say, you know what? The kind of praise that the Lord is looking for is the kind of praise that a child gives him. And when's the last time some of us shocked our neighbor with the kind of praise we gave God? When's the last time we got beside ourselves and forgot about who was around and forgot about who was watching and forgot about what they thought? I've come to ask somebody, when's the last time you got lost in the presence of God and just danced like a child all over again? When's the last time you put aside your flesh and put aside carnality and put aside what others may think? When's the last time you gave him that childlike praise? You see, David or Paul wrote, when I was a child, I thought as a child, and I spake as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. And there's those in the church who think praise is childish. But praise is not childish. Praise is not immature. Praise isn't just for new converts. It's for those who have been here for years. That's why we read that praise is comely. Praise is right. Praise is something we ought to do. Every time we get into the house, of God. It's not childish. It's not immature. It's something I give God every time I stand in his house. Somebody right now, you ought to just lift your hands and you ought to give God praise because you know he's worthy, because you know he deserves it. Give him that kind of praise. So why? Here we are. Why? Why should I give him childlike praise? Why should I forget about who's around? Why should I forget about what they may say or what they may think? You see, when the scribes and priests go to Jesus and ask them, have you heard what they're saying? Jesus replies by saying, have you never read? He's really saying, you guys are scriptorians. You should know the answer. Because what Jesus is saying in Matthew 21... He's quoting a prophecy that you find in Psalms chapter 8 because Jesus says in Matthew 21, out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, thou hast perfected praise. But Jesus is quoting a New Testament prophecy from Psalm chapter 8 when the psalmist says, out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, thou hast ordained strength because of thine enemies that thou mightest steal the enemy and stop the avenger. What Jesus was telling those scribes and priests and what I've come 
time to tell us in this house is when you begin to give God childlike praise, there's a strength that comes. There's an encouragement that comes. Your pastor already alluded to it. There's a rest that comes. When you give God praise, if you're like you're by yourself, there's a strength and there's a praise and there's an encouragement that comes. That's why he said, if you praise me like a child, you're going to stop the avenger and you're going to shut his mouth because in your praise, there's going to be divine strength that you find. He's telling them when you give me childlike praise, you're reaching all the way back to an Old Testament prophecy and you're wrapping your hands around that prophecy and you're saying, Lord, when I lift my voice and when I lift my hands and when I begin to give you praise, there's strength that's gonna come from that Old Testament prophecy and I wonder if there's some people in this house who need some encouragement, who need some strength, who need some divine rest. I've come to tell somebody, if you'll just give God praise, there's a strength that's coming. There's an encouragement that's coming. There, God have mercy. There's something that's going to take place when you begin to give God your childlike praise. There's something that you can reach back to and bring it to this moment. There's a strength that God grants when you give him your praise. He said not only will you get strength but I'm going to stop the avenger and I'm going to silence the adversary. He said, not only will I stop him, but I'm going to shut his mouth. And how many times do we need God not to just stop the adversary, but we need God to silence the adversary. Because more times than not, it's not what the adversary does. It's what the adversary says. And God says, when you give me childlike praise, I'm going to give you strength, but I'm not just going to stop the adversary. I'm going to shut the adversary's mouth. And I wonder if there's some people in this house who could say, you know what? I need some strength. I need some rest. I need some encouragement. I need God to stop everything that's coming against me. But I also need God to shut their mouth. I've come to tell somebody, if you'll just give God your praise, if you'll become like a child, when you give him your praise, there's a God who's going to step in that praise, and there's a God who's going to stop and shut the mouth of everything that's coming against you. It's a prophecy that God said you can reach all the way back and grab a hold of. If you become like a child in your praise. So as we stand all over this house right now, and as they make their way to the music if they would like, I wonder if I've got some people in this building. Hang on to me. I'm not telling everybody to run. If you want to run, I believe that's fine. If you want to shout, that's fine. But I'm wondering if there's some people in this house who could say, you know what? I'm not leaving his presence. I'm not leaving this house until my strength comes. I'm not leaving until my rest comes. I'm not leaving until God stops and shuts the mouth of everything that I'm going through. If you're one of those people, why don't you step out of your pew and as you come to the front, why don't you lift your hands and why don't you begin to give God that perfect praise and it's in the midst of your perfect praise that strength and rest will be granted thank you for joining us today we pray you have been encouraged 
If you would like more information about Medora Pentecostal Church, you can check out our website at www.medorachurch.com. Thank you.